0: Well, welcome back to Bible and Brew with Ben and I, and we are joined with one of my colleagues, friends, and long-term friend, the Reverend Tom Pettigrew, who is the rector of the Church of the Holy Cross in Warrensburg, New York. So Tom, thank you for being part of this, and we are grateful that you are here.
1: It's early. (laughs) Appreciate it.
0: It's good to have you, Tom. It's good to be here. And what did you choose this week for us?
1: Well, I don't drink beer, so um, I was going to suggest we do martinis, like real traditional Episcopalians, but um, I don't know. Did that. Landon
2: say no to that? Because no, I have been all about I just, that.
1: I just figure, you know, it's Bible and brew, so maybe, I don't, know, I don't really brew gin. So I went with a cider, and my cider is uh, Down East. It's, down uh, East? It's a favorite of mine. They, they serve it in the local pub, so I'm like... It's an unfiltered cider made over in Boston, so.
2: Ben, what do cool. you got? I got, it's, a, it's called Red's Hard Cider. Don't know if it's any good. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a cider guy, but I would say that I'd rather try something like what you had, Tom. It's kind of more like a craft
1: cider. Yeah, yeah, it's a craft, non-filtered, great for giving headaches.
0: What about you, Landon? Uh, what I'm, cider did you pick? I'm still in my 20s. I'm not in my <laughs> Oh, so I chose the drink of all the millennials drinking nowadays. I, dro- I chose the truly uh, passion fruit. Passion fruit. That's what I chose.
2: Not a team player.
0: So quarantine cheers, regardless. Oh cheers.
2: Cheers. All so right, I- Landon, what's the text?
0: Yeah, the text for this week is taken from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. And an overall summary of it is Jesus uh, withdrew on a boat and crowds followed him. And while there, he had compassion for them and cured their sick. And when it was evening, uh, the crowds were still there. And the disciples came and said, what are we going to do with all these crowds? Um, Some wanted to send them away, but Jesus said, give them something to eat. And so he ordered the crowd to sit on the grass, took five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the crowds. And all of the crowds, and we're going to say either 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, Tom, Tom can give us the exact number. uh, We're all fed. And there were 12 baskets full uh, of leftover. So Tom, we know you didn't go to an accredited seminary. Uh, the show house. Ouch. Uh, but we won't hold that against you. What, 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 what draws you uh, from this uh, lectionary text, this gospel text for this Sunday?
1: Well, I think um, the thing that really captures my being from the Anglo-Catholic seminary uh, in the Episcopal Church. I have to say, you know, the big question that anyone looking at this text has to ask is, you know, is, is this a Eucharistic reference, right? Cause that's kind of like the Catholic evangelical divide on, on this, maybe more so in John's gospel and the feeding, uh, the bread and ham discourse, but certainly in any of these feeding discourses, is this a Eucharistic reference? So, you know, my take on it is I say, yeah. And then I go on with it, but, uh, what did they teach you over at the Presbyterian school there?
0: Talking to you, Ben. Oh me?
2: Oh um, yeah. Well, I guess I went to a Presbyterian school now. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, to me, I, but- yeah, I think there's a lot right with that. I think, I think, uh, I think, for a lot of these parables that are written uh, to kind of the next generation or the the churches. Um, there are multiple meanings going on. And I think for sure, there's a, a uh, Eucharistic reference happening here. What about in that little old community college in New Haven, Landon?
0: I'm not I'm not sure what you're talking about, but the number one <laughs> seminary in the United <laughs> States or in the Episcopal Church, Yale Divinity School or Berkeley Divinity School. I mean, there, there's, there's different views. Everyone uh, came at this text um, and really, process this text differently so we, I, yeah, we hear one view straight up jesus took the bread um, and the fish and he multiplied it and fed the crowd uh then there's also a different view about miracles right a nature defying act and uh tom's gonna get upset with me but i'm gonna take us down this road uh you what, going the william Barclay road a human a humanistic miracle right so jesus jesus had them Uh, sit down and share the food amongst each other Uh, whatever you brought you had excess and so the excess food give to someone else and that is a that is a miracle in itself because by human nature we are cynical and selfish and we want to hold on to what is ours so tightly and not uh, give to others and and what we have as as access um, a humanistic miracle is also what could be drawn out um, in this text as well yeah Yeah, that's the
1: classic. um, I think William Barclay goes that way with uh, the uh, Bible study he does. Remember that? It's a, a, he's a Scottish Presbyterian. So I mean, Landon, you should have be pretty well read on him.
0: Scottish Presbyterian. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, but then you can take on the other side, you've got someone like Don Gregory Dix, right, who sees the fourfold action here, take, bless, break, and give of the Eucharist, right? Um, So yeah, multifaceted, um, multi, so many angles to come at, I think that's right, yeah, coming here. And and you know, what's really interesting to me, what occurred to me, because I was reading ahead is, I don't think it's ever occurred to me when I've preached this before, is how many agricultural references and the parables we've had leading up to now so we've got you know the parable of the seed the parable of the wheat and the tares or the weeds you know and then we whatever this week is i, I can't remember what the, the one after that and then you've got the feeding of the 5,000 so you've got these it just kind of drops in right there here he's been talking about parables of agricultural harvest and that sort of thing and in drops the feeding of the 5,000 and then there's another one, right? The feeding of the 4,000, which happens a couple of chapters later, which kind of does the same thing over again, which is interesting because the disciples never seem to like catch on. Right. I mean, hmm. it's like, Oh, look, there's 4,000 people now, and nobody seems to have any food. And yeah. Jesus says, well, give them something. It's like, well, all we'd have now is seven. <laughs> so it's like, maybe you guys would get the point, you know? And I think this whole idea of, um, Jesus is saying, you feed them. You give them something, right? It's that contour. Because um, they wanted to send them off to the villages. Go, go tell them to find food. And Jesus says, well, you, you, know, you give it. And when they couldn't, they didn't have anything to give, or they didn't have enough to give. He says, well, then give what you have to me. And in his giving, right, there was this miracle. However, you know, whether it's the humanistic miracle or the miraculous miracle, um, multiplication of the loaves, however you want to you want to take it, right? So I think that action of giving it to to our Lord, who then in turn gives it back in a manifold blessing, right? So
0: yeah, Tom, yeah. what's the, what's your take on this first line, uh, first two sentences? Though I was really, um, I mean, we we hear this this miracle, right? But I was really drawn to um, Jesus having compassion and curing the sick that's that's the first part i was really drawn to the compassion that jesus had for the people and the second part was the first the first sentence jesus withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself i i, I see jesus always going to by himself in places to pray and to reconnect with god um so those are the, those are really the two things I really like um, drew me out this week even though we see this miracle it's the compassion he has yeah. and the individuality that he has to connect with his father
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think the whole idea of him withdrawing to a, a quiet place to spend time alone with god it's a great model for us but also looking at the crowds you know there's people following him I mean, it, uh, where else is it? he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd right they had religion but there was lacking any sustenance right and so what does he give him he gives him that sustenance um obviously this is more than just about feeding people right i mean he in turn is responding to their need as he you know i think this is trying to show us that god is here responding to our needs um in whatever way they come right i mean gosh they come in so many different ways it's hard to Kind of, I hate saying that kind of thing because it kind of sounds trite, does not it? You know, like, oh, yeah, God responds to our needs. Like, you can tell somebody that in a crisis. But if you really sit down and think about the blessings and the benefits that we have, you know, here we are sitting around drinking beer, talking about the Bible. I mean, how often, you know, there, there's times and places in the world that you couldn't do that, right? God has blessed us with a time and a place that we're safe to do that right? Um, but yeah, getting off, getting off into that quiet place, it's really important. You know, we can fill ourselves, or fill our time just, you know, a calendar just full of stuff, trying to find meaning and purpose, and Christ is here going off into a quiet place, right? Just to spend time. Good lesson for a busy modern world, right?
2: I think going back to that uh, the humanistic miracle, I think I think what that view gets like half right, but kind of doesn't get right is that we see here that Jesus is providing the need. Jesus is giving of himself. Um, And in like true Fleming Rutledge fashion, it's like the order really matters. Uh, We give because he gave. Sure, the lesson in here can be provide for those all around you, but there's, going back to the beginning with this as being kind of a picture of the Eucharist, Christ gives of himself, he gives to us, it's for us, and then we take that into the world. So if the focus is merely alone on the disciples, the miracle of altruism, the miracle of giving to others, yes, that's a miracle. But the thrust of the text seems to be, that flows out of what has been given. Um, yeah. There was a miracle in what was been given and therefore the miracle of us giving can happen. Uh, I don't know if maybe you guys can take issue with that. But,
1: <laughs> no, um, I think I actually have been thinking about that. I think that's right, you know, because I was thinking this in terms of just a, a social justice, the feeding of the poor, feeding of people who are in need, right? and. Sometimes I think, and I I fall more on a sort of a right of center sort of things. I mean, I I sort of look across that divide and I see people who think that the gospel is social justice. I sort of think maybe we are getting it backwards. We think that doing social justice is the gospel. um, And that's putting the cart before the horse. It really, the gospel, social justice and acting justly flows out of a gospel-centered life right I think that's what you're I think you're saying the same thing right we're, we're trying to get the order matters you know um,
0: and let me get my words right right uh, trigger trigger someone but any, anyone can hand out a ham sandwich right any organization can hand out a peanut butter and jelly to the poor but it's only the church that can preach the forgiveness of sins And preach the good news to all people um, saying that you are loved and that there is a God who came down from earth to to love you and to die for you and that's that's the difference um, for me right on on doing social justice social justice is is great but if it stems from the wrong branch then it's inherently wrong but if it comes from God first and then trickles down and that's where you see the fruit um, of, of the social justice in all aspects of life
1: yeah, no, that's I, good think, word, I think that college degree is finally making some use for you. Wow, Landon. wow.
0: man, Landon, you're coming I a long gotta, way. Listen, I, <clears throat> that's, that's fast, Tom, is Neshota House an accredited yeah. seminary in the Episcopal Church? Yes. I don't think it yeah. is. I don't think it is. You know, maybe they Google that.
2: <laughs> man, Google I don't it. know if we're ever going to get guests again. This is how we treat them. Also, all of you from Neshoda House who are listening, Ben Dehart here is a big fan. So just remember, Bible and Brew is not against you. Landon Moore is against you.
1: <laughs> Landon Landon interviewed at Neshoda and he yeah. thought too many cows. Can't I'm a, I'm a city boy, I can't deal with can't deal with agriculture.
0: They only, they only gave you two meals a day. I needed I needed four. <laughs> yeah, that's what made it a breaker for me. Got to go with
1: that. twenty not handle investment all day. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about how good this
2: beer is or not. Yeah. These ciders, the whatever the heck Landon's drinking. So, Tom, why don't you tell us, tell us, give, so we've been giving a rating one out of ten. Yeah. Um, and you can do whatever you want with that. But what would you say for the cider that you have?
1: Oh, I give this one a seven. I give it a solid seven. Oh, man. Um, it's a good cider, you know. But I'm not yeah. one of those people that says ten because you. Oh, you know. Well, you got to leave room for something better, right? Um, it's a solid ten or seven out of ten. It's something I have on a regular basis here. It's better on tap than it is out of the can. Okay, um, that's fair. It's a. It tastes a little different out of the can. I find that's true.
2: I'm actually impressed by that. When people ask for their alcohol to be presented. Usually they're like ten out of ten, or like nine point eight out of ten. So the fact that you said seven, <laughs> that it went so low, is actually is well, pretty impressive. Wow, you know, it's uh,
1: it's a pass, right? At the right landing pass, high pass. It's it's a pass. Yeah, got leave room. No, it's it's uh, you know, I actually almost picked one up that was from a real local brewer called Adirondack Brewery, but it's a real dry, and I don't like dry cider. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. champagne style cider, is what they called it. So this is real sweet. It's unfiltered. It's better than Angry Orchard, um, which is the like the the it's Bud sweet. Light of. Yeah, of it's kind of like suspense. this one. Well, it's not. No, that one's actually. Is that a is that a hard cider or is that an apple ale? This is apple.
2: hard apple
1: ale. I think mm. it's
2: an ale. It might could be.
1: Yeah, i had it Either yeah. way. <laughs> Then, cider it's 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 confusing you know
2: so i would say like a 4.8 yeah,
0: get your eye together
1: Please said all your cell phones to so phones. Landon,
0: what did you think about truly huh um so truly is the summertime drink right now right um no one's drinking ciders is there a way to just log off <laughs> No one's drinking cider. It's, it's, it's a summertime drink, right? But is it the best summertime drink? Uh, probably not. What's the best summertime drink, Landon? Tell us. I mean, right now. What? Uh, His initials
2: are W and C.
0: I mean, I mean, sangria would be nice. Ooh, that would uh, be nice. Sangria would be nice. A mojito. a like real sangria. A mojito.
1: Mojito. Um. A, a martini, a martini is a good summertime drink.
0: Over winter.
1: Yeah, I mean, if my if my uneducated self, you know, no I didn't say college.
0: uneducated. I didn't say uneducated.
1: Unaccredi- my unaccredited. My unaccredited degree.
0: Unaccredited.
1: Unaccredited.
2: Right. Well, while these guys fight it out, join <laughs> us next <laughs> time, and <when> we'll drink <laughs> a martini with <laughs> Tom. <laughs>
0: Boom. Until next time, and thank you, Tom for being part of this and uh, uh, being a good sport of all this banter.
1: Appreciate you having me.